Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theater in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode, and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me A Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep Block Talk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Espana threw the ball of the century. 21 looks hit the main stage, but who showed glamour and who showed disaster? It's time to discuss all things Drag Race Espana 2. And joining me to break it all down is someone whose pussy might be like a peach. They'll have to tell us. Just JP! Hello! Hello! My pussy is indeed a peach, considering it's my asshole. How are y'all doing today? You know, I'm I'm having fun. I'm ready. Uh, Listeners, if you don't know, I'm going to DragCon. LA next week. I'm excited. Um, if you want me to talk to someone, make sure you message me and let me know, and I'll try to meet them. But it's gonna be busy, it's gonna be packed. There's like over 130 queens gonna be there. It's going to be really, really fun. I know some of my friends are traveling for DragCon. Uh, so I uh I'm excited to see all the photos and all the things. That yeah, well, gonna... tell your friends to find me and I'll take photos and put it on my Instagram. Yes, absolutely. I'll tell all of them. And I can't wait to see who you get to interview. I know me too. I'm very excited. Um, usually I, I know how to I, I know how to maneuver. Like usually I'll go a little early before like the fans get there. And I'm like, okay, who's not busy? And I'll go run up to them and say, let's talk. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what I can do. But um, it's a I've never I've really never been to LA as an adult. So I I'm excited and nervous and I'm like, I don't know, it's a new city for me um but it's going um, to be fabulous it's going to yes. be hot and fabulous and also rumor has it i may or may not be staying at the same hotel all the queens are at but oh i know we'll find out next week <laughs> okay well, before so away are they to you i don't know we'll find out mm-hmm. um before we dive into drag espana i have some drag news of the week now, I want to preface it that I woke up very early in the morning and this was announced and I posted it on social media. And then I went back to sleep and then I looked at my social media and I saw that I posted and I said, oh, oh, it's not a dream. It's real. Drag Race Belgique is coming. For those who don't know what that means, it's Drag Race Belgium. How is this different than Holland? I couldn't tell you, especially because we've had like Sergine, who is from Belgium. I don't know. But you know what? More drag. More drag. More drag race. Uh, this is going to be in French. So it's uh, more like drag race France because that's happening too, right? Right. So it's just like, why, why? what are we doing here? Can we just combine all of them? Like Sweden, I get. We don't have a Scandinavian one quite yet. Belgium is, what are we going to do next? Germany and everyone's going to be like, I, I can't tell which flag is which. Well, Germany at least has like 94 million people and like Belgium has Sedergine and Jurigi. Great. That's, that, is, that is true. Whoa, what if Sedergine and Jurigi are the hosts? 
Ooh, you would not watch. No, I would. I would for Sinergene. Who would you prefer if you were to have oh, Sinergene? I love Sinergene. I hope I get to meet her at DragCon. She's going to be there. I love her. She's so funny. She's fierce. Yes. Um, all right. Well, that's the news that I got so far. Um, you know, maybe it's DragCon. They'll announce like another version. I don't know. We haven't, we haven't gotten an African version yet. Let's come on. Let's go drag, drag oh. race um, South Africa. Or Let's Latin America too. Like I mean, I mean, I know we have La Madraga in in Mexico, and I know that there was the switch in, but there hasn't been a official, right? Yeah, I, yeah. Mean, I know there, there's still there's still rumors of Brazil, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. Rumor don't know. has it. Ooh. Okay, now Drag Race España too. Obviously, you were here for the preview podcast, and we got to talk about a lot of things. Some things we were completely right on, some things we were completely wrong on. So far, six episodes in, how are you enjoying the season? I love the season. Drag Race España to me is unapologetically the superior Drag Race franchise. Uh, yes. The contestants are really witty and funny. Um, it is enjoyable to watch Drag Race as a Spanish speaker in Spanish. And, uh, I mean, Supreme is kind of the better host, too. Sure. I don't think there would be any other host that would have gotten on the floor to look at somebody's design. So It's yeah. in my notes. We're going to talk about it. I was like, Rue would never, never. never. Well, it was also about the flan a couple weeks ago or last, no, it was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Rue would have never covered herself in flan and, and flopped on the floor with Jurigi. Nope, and never. she did. Yeah, it's, I'm definitely enjoying it. Um, it it's an interesting cast. Um, I feel like last season, everyone was like, we know where the season's going, we know where the season's going. This season, we know where it's going, but there's two options of where it's going, I think. I don't know where it's going, because I feel like out of the people that are left, I can see, I think, I mean, I think I can see all of them in the finale. So I'm like, oh, thing. okay. next? You know? All right. Well, let's dive into this very fascinating episode. We got a lot of looks to talk about. Well, but first, but first, Onyx has left the building and went back to her planet. Setless will miss Onyx as they had a connection, but it is what it is. Now, Diamante is going to say it's bittersweet because she really liked Onyx, but they are here to compete, make friends when they leave. She says it sucks she's gone, but she really wants to be there. And this comment's not going to go over well with the other queens. Like, we've heard people make this comment before. Do they just not like Diamante is it, and they preferred Onyx? Like, what was happening here? Yeah, I am not sure. I am still in shock, first of all, that Onyx went home. I'm Same. still in shock that Dam Diamante and Onyx was the, were the bottom, um, uh, which was a fantastic song that I feel like both of them really worked. Uh, yeah, I was really sad to see Onyx go. I, I had Onyx as a lock uh, for the finale, in yeah. my opinion. So uh, it was shocking and jarring, but the competition continues. Now, Drizzy is going to find Diamante's comments to be rude. And I was like, coming from you, that's interesting. But Sharon is congratulated for her second win. And she has been in the top every single week. Either a top or a win, she has never been safe. We'll find out if that streak continues later on in this episode. But the chat is back to Onyx, where Setless is sad, but Estrella admits that you just have to give it your all in the lip sync. And speaking of that lip sync, we're going to discuss what the queens thought of the performance. 
Marina doesn't think that her and Diamante's vibes match. She just finds Diamante to be extra. And Sharon tells you that she took a theatrical approach to her lip sync doing the watermelon trick. Then Adita will straight up ask if she learned the song and Diamante will say she didn't learn it specifically. Um, and this is why I am mad that Onyx left. Because if you go back to that lip sync, there was a part where Onyx got every word and Diamante's doing the background vocals. And I was like, fuck you. Are you fucking kidding me here? Well, yes and. Okay, so as somebody who's had to lip sync to a rap, I think the smartest thing that somebody can do in the circumstance is to make sure that the judges are seeing you when you know the lyrics and then mm -hmm. to strategically place yourself in a way in which, you know, if you don't kind of know the lyrics, that that wouldn't be a problem because the judges aren't catching that, but you're still entertaining. Uh, I mean, the, the song is such a behemoth of a song. Right. And is... Uh, uh, how can I say this is we throw this word around loosely as LGBTQ people, but it is quite iconic. So sure. yeah, I mean, I really wanted both to stay because I thought that both of them did good enough because both of them did not know the whole lyrics. I mean, Hey, but that's how the cookie crumbled. Now, Australia says that Diamante is a strategist. Well, set less calls for a cheater. So JP says she is a strategist. Okay, there it is. JP has spoken. Done. That's what it is. That it is. Diamante says you have to save yourself however you can. And Marina's like, well, if it's a lip sync, it should be done the classical way. And she won't be able to save herself being theatrical. And Diamante says Onyx knew all the words, but she ain't there. Shade. Well, mm -hmm. drag boot camp continues. And Marina, we're going to see, um, did not learn rule one of drag boot camp, um, where you don't use, you know, silicone to glue your headpiece to your head because she can't get it off. Um, but <laughs> she can give you those moaning sounds because that bitch is uh, in a lot of pain. Oh, Marina, Marina. Well, I am glad that she was able to take it off her head. It would have been funny if they had a scalper, though. If she just had like a big hole. In <laughs> yes. Wow. It's well, that's that receding hairline. I think it's Dang. coming in. Dang. All right. Well, it's a new day and the editors are having a gay old time editing these workroom entrances. This time it's very much like a horror movie where Setlas, Venedita and Sharon have to get over the big pink river as if they're off to see the wizard. But no, no, no. This really is their attempt at hocus pocus. Well, good for them. I have never seen Hocus Pocus, so I did not get What? Yeah, I've never seen Hocus Pocus. However, I have been part of a Hocus Pocus drag number because my friend Vivian Vagemite for her competition needed to me to be one of the sisters because we are we were all going to be bearded Hocus Pocuser uh, witches. Uh, but you have never seen it. So why eh. not? Are you doing it on purpose? Well, the uh, well canonically, the only two movies that I've ever watched is Shrek and The Princess Diaries. So I like to keep it that way. Okay, okay. Um, listeners, don't send JP hate mail. Um, God for this. You'll be able to send me plenty of hate mail for my opinions to come. Um, yeah, um, 
hating DDC's voice, not watching Hocus Pocus. What's next? <sighs> oh, am I the villain? Yeah, you are, but it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> well, the bad luck spot at the table is left open as there are seven of them left. Setless is teased that her boyfriend is gone as they may or may not have, you know, bam, bam, bammed um, while they were getting to know each other. Um, they and really love that movement, don't they? They really do. Now, Sharon, being so kind, is going to shade the Amante hardcore in the most kind way, saying she needs a phone so she can call the Amante's life coach and learn how to get over her emotions that fast. A gratuitous personal attack. I was like, that's funny. Uh, yeah, that didn't sit well with me. Because you like different people process different ways. And sure. well, yeah, and what if... And what if they are able to process things quickly within a competition setting? The competition doesn't stop. You know, you can feel your sure. feelings and process later. Put things in a silo. That's fair. Benedita thinks Diamante might have a good attitude, even though she is, you know, like a bit unhinged. Jerizi thinks she knows what the next challenge is going to be. She believes it's going to be interlocking in the Seven Dwarfs. That's cute, but no, Pumpkin. Maybe next season. Maybe next season. That would be a really interesting challenge. Yeah. challenge. Absolutely. Oh, no, wait, no. I don't want to see Analocking Act. That would be terrible. <laughs> well, the, the Amante notes that it's been weeks without a sewing challenge. Maybe they're finally in for it. But it's time to find out as Supreme arrives wearing a Tiffany blue, purple, and houndstooth suit. It was a serve. I liked it. Absolute serve. Yeah. Uh, the uh, they're serving amazing look after amazing look everywhere on the runway and off the runway mostly on the runway there have been a couple of things like really really we're oh. back to season one that's okay well before announcing what the mask challenge is she needs to help motivate and inspire them oh pit crew the pit crew arrives while rolling out bins of metal plastic and paper does that remind you of a little challenge maybe from like Canada's Drag Race season one? Maybe, um, but I will stop you right here. And I got to talk about the pit crew. They had somebody in makeup in the pit crew, which to me, I mean, it's very refreshing to see how uh, inclusive and hot the pit crew has been for this season of Drag Race. So whoever is doing the casting, for the pit crew, well done. Well, well done. I, I, I'm just going to stop you right there and say, I didn't notice any faces because really the cameras were on their bulges the entire time. <laughs> they're shameless with the bulge uh, shots. Literally, they're like plastic, metal, paper, and it was the, the, the crotches. It was not the bins, it was the crotches. It was plastic, metal, paper, but all we saw is wood. Exactly. Well, they have to stay ahead of fashion and create looks because it's a ball, bitches. They will be taking us on a tour of Spanish fashion with a look from the 10th century, a look from the 20th century, and they will be creating a look from the materials in the bins for a 30th century look. How would you do in a challenge like this? I would do very poorly. I know how to sew. Mm -hmm. I have a sewing machine. I've never actually sewn anything i have never used a glue gun so i would do terrible in this challenge well 
I think it's time to learn. I think so. I think this is ne- my next time. Point. Next time you're on Block Talk, you are going to debut your look made out of paper, metal, and plastic. Yes. Okay. That is a commitment. <laughs> so Australia brings up a very good point, though. What if the planet doesn't exist in the 30th century? I mean, the, the way that things are going, that is a oh. very good point. It's oh, the yeah, challenge mm-hmm. again. Marina is nervous. She knows fashion, but she can't sew. But luckily for her, she says she has good proportions. They're going to have one minute to select their materials, and it's an all-out war. Like, where do you even start? I would not know where to go. Again, I we've established that I would be terrible in this challenge. Um, so here I am judging their looks, right? Uh, incredible, incredible job with picking within a minute. I would exactly with fear. They're like vultures over a single carcass. People are throwing items to the side, but then there's others who just steal things. Like Jerry stole Australia's umbrella. How rude of her! Well, it matches her storyline. Supreme leaves them with some wise words, reminisce about the past, recreate the present, use the materials they've selected to construct a future. If we don't recycle, we won't make it to the 30th century. Oh, and this challenge is sponsored by the tour because why? Well, that is, I will say that that is something um, very common in Spanish and Latin American TV in which there is a lot of sponsorships that are very random in between all of our like contest TV shows. So I'm not surprised to see this random ass sponsorship. Well, we did have the sponsorship come up for the talent show, which makes sense because that's what the tour is. This one was like, are they going to be making costumes on stage? I hope not. They, (laughs) I mean, none of them are. What's her name from All Star Six that made a dress in a minute? Raja. Yeah, none of them are Raja. No. All right. Well, Estrella says that this sewing challenge is torture. She's no good at sewing. Venedita studied fashion. She loves design, but she says she is no sewer. She doesn't have an advantage as the others believe. Diamante has a basic concept of sewing, but she says she's no good at designing. But Sharon, as the wise old one of the group says, they logically just have to use all their recyclable material and see what they can do. It's just going to take a miracle. Speaking of miracles, Marina looks at the machine and has literally no idea what to do with him. She knows nothing about sewing. She's only threaded a needle once. And I ask, how are you on Drag Race? Why are you on Drag Race right like now? Like, why? Yeah, I gotta admit that Diamante really did the right thing. If you know you're gonna go on Drag Race, go and practice and make exactly. those pillowcases, honey. Make those pillowcases. Mm-hmm. 3G is asking for a manual. And I was like, yeah, I'm not on Drag Race. Setlas is going to stick with what she got from the containers. That's a lot of cardboard. She's going to step out of the box and go a different direction to those who are using fabric. Marina comes over to Setlas and Sharon is like, I need a pattern. And Sharon has to break the news and be like, that neckline isn't quite a neckline because it stops too low. Danger, danger, danger. I just love how you said that uh, Setlas was going to use the cardboard to step 
out of her box. Correct. I did that. <laughs> Listeners, there's sometimes I make jokes that I don't acknowledge as jokes, and you can stop the podcast and laugh I at them for me. It. Yeah, this is me. This is me being a fan, stopping and laughing with you. Great job. I love it. So Soraya is getting a lot of screen time since she is the narrator of the season, but this time it's to discuss her feelings on Jorigi, who she says sighs every time she talks to her like she's a pest. She's going to ask to borrow the tape measure, and Jorigi is like anything else. She jokes that she is a pest, and she is just trying to distract her, but I don't know about that. I think Jorigi just does not like Estrella. Uh, I agree. I think that somebody asking you to pass, like, uh, yeah, that's yeah. I'm not. I am Team Estrella on this. I think that Yurigi just doesn't like Estrella, and she doesn't want to. Well, I mean, she kind of says that es una pesada, meaning that she's not nice. But she was nice. She was just asking you to hand her. So yeah, exactly. no. Uh uh. Well. The workroom is a place to work, but it's also a place to wear the only clothes that had fit in your suitcase because the rest was for drag when you went to the show. We have learned that in this moment that Estrella has ripped her pants, and yet we get another blurred out moment from the editors because apparently she had no underwear either, as she is in fact going commando. Well, she knows how to make good TV, baby. She sure does. Um, I personally don't like going commando. I don't know what it is. I just don't like it. I think a part of the appeal is the danger. Yeah, danger. I, th listen, there's definitely been times when I'm zipping up jeans and I've gone commando. I'm like, oh, hoo -hoo -hoo. ouch. Um, I don't like that kind of danger. Not for me. Yeah, it, it, and also like if, again, if the pants rip, you know, there is nothing between you and the universe is just one with it. <laughs> I just like that they included this moment in because they didn't have to, but they did. And I was like, this is why we love Estrella because she's, yeah. she's just hilarious. All right. Well, Supreme has arrived to see how the Queens are doing, but unlike Rue, she will go to them. How kind. First up is Benedita and Supreme sees that it might be a dress. It might be a bodysuit, but no, no, no. It is a dress. How, now, Supreme is going to get on her knees to feel the material is plastic, and I'm like, Rue would never. No. Never. never. Uh -uh. Benedita has sold plastic before, but she's still worried it's going to open up on her. Supreme asks if she has an advantage, and she says no. She may have studied design, but that is overstating it. Things haven't been going as expected for Venedita, so she's a bit overwhelmed. She's worried she's falling short as they have high expectations for her, especially in this challenge. All right, interesting plot device we're putting in here. We're almost getting set up for a will Venedita do it or will she not? Right. Um, I feel like this season is Venedita is just falling short. Yeah, she is middle of the pack right now. Uh, and that is not what we agreed on the very first episode of the preview. No, not at all. Mm. Now, with Estrella, she's patterning, and when Supreme is like, that's not an armhole, Estrella's like, yeah, no, I'm making cowgirl pants, aka chaps. Supreme's face is like, I don't want to worry you, but this is a lot harder than you think, girl. Estrella is going for a sexualized robot with a giant silver colanders for boobs, and again, Supreme is like, are you sure about that? They're giant. 
Australia is just getting sick of and tired of being doubted by Supreme, and it's making her depressed. I understand, but also Supreme was doing the right thing, guiding her away from the bad ideas. Absolutely. I think the key aspect of this challenge is to repurpose and mm-hmm. for things to not look like what they were. And I feel exactly. like uh, just putting those two colanders as boobs is very reminiscent of uh, Nina West. And I don't think that's a good look. Yep. Now it's Diamante who was trying. She took a few sewing classes before coming to Drag Race, like 12 of them for like an hour and a half. But she thinks she's learned enough to make a good enough look. She's going for broke here. Now we have Marina, who is a little lost. She's working on a pattern with the measurements she knows, but she has no idea why it's not working. Well, girl, it's plastic. It's not fabric. It's not going to work the same. She tells Supreme that she is going to sew the neck because it will be a more polished look, but the back will be more complicated, which we will very much discuss later. She wants structure and volume, and Supreme was like, none of those materials will do that, but work, girl! Yeah, I... Uh, yeah, hearing hearing her talk about the ambitions of her look i'm like this is this is the one challenge in which i would be underselling everything i'm doing because i can tell you make it yeah i'd rather undersell now and wow later rather than say like i want volume and this and that and then we saw what happened now we have set last who has, has a very clear concept she has to pump it up after being in the bottom last week and she doesn't want to do that again she is going to use all cardboard and supreme is like enjoy that glue gun Wear some sea cardboard. This queen from the Canaries sees potential. It's rigid. You can cut it. You can glue it. It's great. And you know what it made me want to do? I want to build a fort. <laughs> uh, cardboard is a very versatile uh, element to use mm-hmm. uh, and make it a dress. And um, yeah, we saw two really great examples of how to use cardboard in a uh, in the look that Sharon and the look that Seth Les did. So yep. very excited to talk about them in a bit. Sharon has some ideas for Supreme. She wants to go for opulence because she owns everything. She is going to see if she can sew with what she has, but she's never done it before. She knows the other queens are more experienced at making looks. Now we have Jirishi, who has a lot of shimmer. She will be showing a bodysuit that goes very high and has a hood, and she will take two traffic cones and make them into boobs because why the hell not? Jirishi is all right with sewing. She's more of a DIY girl, but she has a clear concept, but she just says she is slow. And one thing we learn on Drag Race, can't be slow. Oh, you have a time limit. You gotta really step it up and be quick. Quick and decisive. Supreme is going to be them a do so they can keep on working, but not before revealing who will be joining them on the judging panel. She shares that the guest judge has blown them away with her personality and the irony that she's here on a design challenge is not lost on me. Straight from Drag Race UK, it's Theresa May. My pussy is like a peach realness. Now, I want to discuss a few things here. I want to discuss a few things. One, how exciting that we get this icon on the judging panel. Um... But now if the casting closed for Drag Race Let's Mind You 2 in October, Drag Race UK debuted in September. It's safe to say that the queens were at least aware of Teresa on the show before this turnaround, which was very, very, very fast. 
Uh, I hadn't stopped to think about that. I just think it's really cool that we're having another drag queen in the panel. I, uh, I don't like that in the U.S. version that we don't see more drag artists in the panel. It's just RuPaul. I mean, I would rather see drag artists than the hilarious Ross Matthews, you know? Sorry, Ross. Not sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I agree. I, I would love to be able to see some of the stars come back and, and, and discuss... Or I've said many times in the podcast, bring out the legends. Get put Bunny on the on the panel. Put Jackie B. Put Sherry Vine. You have all these people who have been doing it just as long as Rue and are iconic, but don't have a named TV show. Let them share their thoughts. That's Absolutely, just my opinion. My opinion. Um, I also love that Estrella was singing My Pussy is Like a Peach in Confessional, but that was my signal that the song was not going to be the lip sync song. So I was very sad. I was holding on hope. Uh, no, I will say that even I, I enjoy drag queens or drag contestants from Drag Race in the panel, but usually their music is not the best music. So are you now insulting my pussy is like a peach? You do realize that is my alarm clock to wake up every morning. I'm not oh, even well. kidding here. I would, uh, I would also use it as my alarm clock. It would startle me into being awake every morning. Wonderful. Also, um, our dear friend Amanda Masker was mocking me. Think was like, did you really think it would be the lip sync song? Yeah, yeah, I did. I really well, did. Sorry to disappoint you, but that pussy is not like a lip sync song. No. All right. Well, it's a complicated day on Elimination Day as. They still have a lot to sew, and none of them know how to sew. Overnight, no miracles. Venedita has some news, though. She wants to change her name to Esther. Esther Colero. I don't get it. Help me. So Esther Colero is the name of the... You know that beetle that rolls balls of poop? Dung beetle? Yes. So Uh that's the joke. Esther oh. Colero. That's that's the joke. More we learn. Thank you. Thank you. Ba, for ba, 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 ba. All right. Well, Venedita knows that she studied how to sew, but she's going to call out someone else for keeping sewing a secret. And that is her friend Diamante. She has made a dress in a minute, but it's simple, but it's still a dress. Estrella wishes oh. she didn't know how to sew the way that Diamante doesn't know how to sew. I was like, that's a funny line. That's very funny. Yeah, that is very funny. And I I mean, yeah, at this point, I was holding out for hope with Diamante. Her classes were for a month. She learned how to pattern, but that don't confuse that for making an Oscar de la Renta dress. This is the first dress she made. But Jodice thinks it's fishy. It's the first thing she's made. And Setless is like, you are kidding. Speaking of Setless, she's very calm as the queen of silicone, a.k.a. glue. Estrella was excited for this challenge to work with a load of crap, but then she got there and it's a disaster. She's on edge. She feels very screwed. Marina says she has never worked with a sewing machine before. She's done everything with staples and glue, but she has good taste. So she feels like she's going to be able to sell it on the runway. Now, for those Estrella fans, we had a very scary moment uh, because usually when we hear a lot of discussion in this part of the episode, you're like, "Uh oh, bye bye. We're going to get a bit of a, her backstory and learn that about her friend, Yvonne. He is more than just a friend. He's like a brother to her. When she moved to Barcelona, she was lonely and met Yvonne and the Karikari. Is that how they said it? Karikari. Karikari. 
Buddy the Katakari family. Yeah. They were the people who gave her a family and a chance to find herself. Yvonne helped her psychologically move on when she couldn't see the light. She's going to read a letter from her dear friend that gives her a little push in this dream when it feels like fiction. She is the winner in life's race. No matter what happens here, she will always have Yvonne and her friends. Do you have an Yvonne in your life? I do. I have a couple. I uh, I mean, Jackie and Abby. Hi, Jackie and Abby and Andrew and CJ, like empty. Like I have a really close group of people that, you know, we check in with each other and we hype each other up. Nate. Uh, yeah, like it's incredible. Like I, I really enjoy that. Uh, my my cari cari family. Uh, it is really cute when they say my cari cari car, like the house of cari cari's car. It was really cute. It was really funny. I enjoyed that moment. I enjoyed that um, parallel of getting a loved loved one letter from home, yeah. uh, like in Survivor. Um, I think that that's something that I would want. I would ask my friends. I would be like, can you like give me stuff that I can read in the moments that I need to be reminded that you're indeed here with me. And, you know, it's, it's a really sweet moment. And I, agree. I, I did get a little worried. I'm like, Oh, Oh, Ooh. Same. Um, well, I, I, I wanted to make an announcement. I'm going to have, I'm going to have my own new drag house. It's going to be called the house of delusional expectations. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to apply for membership. It's time for a ball. Supreme is in a classic drag look with that gray hair, but she got some bursts of color in it. Um, I, I, I hate, hate the dark purple circle she calls eyeshadow because it's bad, but it's not as bad as Anna Locking and her attempt at makeup and that mullet. What was on her head? Really? Really? Ooh. Really? Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. I disagree oh with you. So Sorry, you can disagree. So analoging, I I just okay. I want her to start blocking her brows. I wow. just need her to start blocking her brows. Like you obviously want to do really cool things with lots of color and interesting shapes that you want to go big. So go big and cover your brow or shave the brow. No! Yeah, release the brow. Along with Anna, we have Javier Ambrosi, Javier Cabo, and the pussy peach diva herself, Teresa May, looking the best she has ever looked. Um, okay, I had never noticed how hot the Javis were. Like, I knew they were hot, you know? Like, like it's, it's like, I can just see them and realize how hot they are. But seeing both of them on that black and white sheer moment that complemented each other so well, I'm like, wow, okay. So you would like to Ooh. join their, uh, join for a little menage a trois? No, I'll take them individually. One after okay, the okay. other. All right, well, we have three categories in this ball. We are going to go category by category and include any critiques the judges gave to the queens during their specific looks as we discuss. So first category, category is 10th century. In honor of this runway, we will play antique or and suck. <laughs> Starting off with Sharon. Look by Gustavo Aldafo Tari, hair by Alberto Sixto. Her look is inspired by the wealth of the 10th century. And I have to say, I'm not a fan 
of the makeup. I'm sure this is on period, but it looks hella strange and kind of futuristic in a way. It was the lips for me. There are a lot of colors and a lot of fabrics that I feel are clashing, but they're all there to hide the jewels inside. It was a cute idea for a reveal until you realize that it's just a leotard that's god awful with shit stuck to it. I just wish that when it came to the robe, she stuck to velvet because that was the sign of wealth and regality in the early days of wealth. The hair was so synthetic and it looked like it belonged to the Little Mermaid. I did not like this look. I didn't like the look either. I appreciate the attempt uh, at trying new things with the makeup. I think that uh, it was smart to stay with uh, a lot of red and blush because that's really the only makeup that existed back in the day. It's mm -hmm. rouge, you know? And uh, whoop, that was a bike going by. Okay, goodbye, bike. And I, I don't like that the jewels didn't go all the way down and cover the bodysuit. I feel like the bodysuit needed to be completely covered in them. Yeah. It looked weird. Uh, like that, nobody would show their legs in that way on the 10th century. I understand the idea of like, I don't want them to be stolen. Yeah. Uh, this is sadly, uh, remind me, what are we doing? Antique or Ansuck. An antique or unsuck? This is an unsuck for me. I agree. It's an unsuck. And the audience, 44% antique, 56% unsuck. Next yep. up, Estrella Extravaganza. Look by Flash Studio. Tunic by St. Narciso. She is going to war looking like a mercenary. This reminded me of Marisa's week one look. And look where yep. that got her. Uh, yep. This felt incredibly costumey and not even a campy manner. I think the idea that she was coming from war was fine. But if you paid attention to the bottom of the garment... It was frayed and dirty, which felt like it just got dragged around in the workroom. I don't think it was intentional. Also, why is she wearing stripper pleasers with this look? It's beyond me. What the hell is she thinking? Come on, Kim Kardashian. This is not a good look because it feels that like it was two different looks that she put together at the last moment. I think that uh, she could have gone with the purple in chainmail moment or she should have gone with the uh adorned potato sack but both of them together i don't think this worked this is not a good look in my opinion and i will and suck this yep and suck it uh audience 24 antique 76 and suck next up venedita von dash look by antonio velasco hair by venedita graffiti by by zet graf this is one of the many controversial entries on the runway this night. I get what she's trying to allude to. She's trying to discuss the discovery of astronomy during the 10th century, during the Arabic era. But the execution is what we would see during an early 20th century Hollywood version of space. Like, I would adore this on a 1920s inspired runway. I don't feel like it works here. It's too futuristic. Now, concept aside, I like the idea and I like how she executed it. The boots with the moon crater pattern is spot on. That being said, I think the moon breaking away to reveal a silver cat suit was a choice because all we really cared about was the inside lining of the jacket. I was very unhappy with this look. Oh, you hit it. You hit the nail right in the head when you said if this was a 1920s look. I, I agree. It uh, was not the tea for me. Um, and it's because it, it doesn't, I, I also agree, it very loosely fits the theme. 
uh, it's not a bad look. Um, yeah, I I don't I don't know. I don't even know if I should antique or unsuck this. Uh, what do you think? Or what did the audience think? Well, here's what the judges said. Ambrose says part one of the ball is illusion and the other part is the fun part. She really showed them who she was and how she got her message across was obvious. Anna says she loves her and there is a connection between drag and fashion where drag parodies fashion and she celebrates that. I, because I don't think it fits, am going to and suck it. In the audience. Mm-hmm. 63% antique, 37% and suck. Yeah, I'm very conflicted. I will antique it, uh, but very, very uh, on the edge. Next up, the Amante Mary Brown look by David Moss. She went with the idea of architecture during the 10th century, and I think she gave us one of her best looks all season. She is going for a mosque in Cordoba. I like the playfulness of the red and white in the various patterns. This is an okay moment for her to not wear hair so we can focus on the silhouette. It does kind of give court jester vibes, but you know what? It is the time period. This, for me, for the Amante, felt very fashion. I really enjoyed this look. I wish we had a more cinched waist because I know that uh, the proportion of uh, this outfit uh, I really wanted to see that cinched a little more maybe maybe not maybe yes I would I would have liked that and in general I enjoyed this look a lot Uh, again the makeup is really good and I am going to untick it it's really good I love it. Paulo uh, says it was very nice and liked it, but it didn't make him feel anything. And Anna says it was perfect fashion runway look, but it was lacking drag. I'm going to antique it. The audience, 57% antique, 43% and suck. Those critiques were honestly upsetting. I was like, what are yeah. you talking about? It was a setup. Yeah. All right. Next up, drag set last. Look by Pache, hair by my extension shop. Brilliant. What a great episode for Setless. The printed fabric was a great concept. She is depicting uh, the oldest manuscript in Spain. I love the shape of the garment. I love how she brought the print all the way down to those Canary Island boots. This look is so true to Setless. I loved it. I really enjoyed the silhouette. I enjoyed the very uh, tiny waist, which is held by the illusion because of how the dress is cut. Um <laughs> This is great. This is possibly my favorite look of the night. Possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love this. I want to wear this. I want to wear this so bad. I would fall on those boots, but I don't care. I want to wear this <laughs> so bad. Calvo says the manuscripts were awesome and gorgeous. I agree. It's an antique for me. I agree, too. The audience, 83% antique, 17% and suck. Next up, we have Marina Look by Tabata Molina, hair by Ruben Marmol. This was very evocative and very high concept. She is depicting the earth via the bride of the wheat god. It's very high fashion, but at the same token, it felt very bland because beige is just not a drag color. The hair looked like straw, which most people would never want their hair to look like. It was very frizzy. Um, This look makes sense for Marina, um, but she's got stiff competition in this episode. I hate this look next wow why do you hate it i don't i it looks it looks unfinished it looks like that's fair I can this, see it. it looks like this is what she made in the workroom and not something that she brought home uh the too little 
things under the boob and nothing else. It's nude, like in the crotch area. I I appreciate where it was going, but it's literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Like it looks, it it looks unfinished and boring, and I don't like it. Ambrose says that he loves the way she takes the stage and the energy she has and how she interprets things. He says the Bride of the Week Gods is something he won't forget. Anna says the look was incredible. I enjoyed it. I'll give it an antique. No, this is an unsuck. The audience, 76% antique, 24% unsuck. It was me. I'm the 24%. And next up, Jorigi, dear Klee, look by Maxime Blotin. Welcome to another controversial entry this week. We have a monk enter, but it's revealed to be Joan of Arc. Now, according to her sources... Joan of Arc was the first trans man, but I cannot confirm this, and I know the internet was reading her to filth about it as well. When it comes to the look, we've seen that Abraham Levy inspired Leotard before, but the smart part of this look was having the wings be remote-controlled, controlled by the sword. Future queens, take note. Put your controller in the prop. I like the look. It felt very polished. It may not be the most original, but she makes it work for her. This look is incredible. She yet again ruins it when she opens her mouth she's just so unlikable to me i love this look even though it looked like it was going to flop when she almost got caught uh on her reveal and i gagged when i saw it and then it turned me off when she started describing it i think i yeah i think it's an amazing look and she failed her confessional description. And I am going to antique it because it's an amazing look. And the wings, gaggy. But please just, 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 no, just no. Learn how to narrate your runway better, period. Now, Calvo says she was Mila Djokovic, jo- um, which we all know that reference, right? No. No, it's okay. Um, <laughs> she's an actress. She, she's very androgynous. Okay. Um, Anna says that she has an interplay between strengths and vulnerability, and that makes her drag work. Uh, I'm going to antique it. Um, the audience. Do you know what the audience was? Uh, I'm pretty sure this was one of the best voted looks tonight. It was. 97% antique, 3% and suck. Now, usually, I don't reveal who toots and boots things unless they are the super minority and are the single singular person to give it the boot. Do you know who that person was? Oh, it was me when I was bitter. Yeah, it was you. It was, it was, it was absolutely you. Yeah, it was me. I was really bitter. I was really not feeling this. And Hey, I have to be honest, credit where credit is due. If I could go back and redo it, I would, Give this a toot, and uh, Jurigi would have a hundred percent on this. So there it is, Jurigi. It's all JP's fault. It is all my fault. It's I, I yeah, I ruined your career. It's true. All right, next up, category. Category is 20th century. In honor of the runway, we are going to play vintage or trash bin. <laughs> First up, Sharon. Look by Gustavo Adolfo Tari. Hair by Alberto Sixto. 
Once again, she's playing into the world of wealth, this time via currency. It reminds me of Raja's Moneyball look in the sense of the colors she chose. Very, very colorful, very, very Euros. The jacket is a great silhouette for her, though it does age her a tad. Once again, Sharon has decided to give us a reveal because that's her thing. And once again, it's a leotard with shit glued to it. I would have been fine without the reveal. We didn't need the reveal. We did not need the reveal, but if I had seen that code coming down the runway, I would have assumed that there was a reveal. And if there wasn't a reveal, I would have been like, oh, okay, okay, that's an interesting choice. It's a beautiful coat. I want it. I love um, Sharon's makeup and styling. Um, I love how she chose green for her makeup and uh, her lips. Uh, the fabric looks expensive. The costuming looks on point. I love this look. I am going to wait. What what was it? Trash bin or trash vintage, bin? Vintage or trash bin? Oh, vintage or trash bin. This is a vintage. This is a vintage. I agree. 89% vintage from the audience, 11% trash bin. Next up, Estrella Extravaganza. Look by Yisti Nails by Emily Ghost Nails. Hair by Pelicula and Thea Barcelona. Another controversial entry. Now, I had multiple people message me asking about this look as they thought this was Hitler. It is not! This is former Spanish dictator Francisco Franco. It's not Hitler, people! Learn your history! Well, I mean, this is also people that, um, oh, how, how can I say this? This is also, uh, the, if they are in the U.S., the U.S. education system is a lot to be the yeah. And uh, for what it's worth, the more recognizable, uh, despicable historical figure that has a similar uh, uh, salute is Hitler. So I don't blame people making this mm -hmm. confusion. Um, I think that uh, this is a good lesson for any drag artist who is thinking of going on TV is that you don't know how things are going to be perceived uh, or uh, consumed in other territories abroad. You know, right. like sometimes Absolutely. you don't get the jokes. Like it's like Esther Colero. And sometimes we don't, um understand it in this way you know i also thought it was what it wasn't and uh now i've learned a little bit of uh his uh, uh spanish history for those who love the producers this was the franco version of springtime for hitler it's very campy i love the purple hair because it helps lean into the more surreal world i mean come on ass cheeks she did exactly what she needed to do to make this look work for the category could she have made it even gayer with stones and glitter? Absolutely. But if you haven't figured it out yet, that's not who Estrella who is. This is what Estrella does. Yeah. Um, this was middle of the pack. Uh, I appreciate the political uh, uh, discourse, question mark. Uh, again, drag mm -hmm. is political in... Uh, I appreciate folks on Twitter who educated me and saying that this is something that happens often in Spanish drag in which they queer up this historical figure in a way of mocking it and also remembering the really despicable and horrible things that happened. So I appreciate bringing that political talk to Drag Race España. Again, not shying away from topics of politics and religion and history. So... Good. Uh, 
I don't particularly like it as a look, so I will trash bin. I agree. It's a trash bin. The audience agrees. 12% vintage, 88% trash bin. Uh, <laughs> if you have not seen, um, there was a clip from Arancha's viewing party when um, they got to this look, uh, the entire crowd screamed and shouted um, because they loved it, just because of the reference. And mm-hmm. speaking of reference, let's go to Venedita Von Dash. No design existed, but the producers did this on purpose. They put her at the Rastreya for a history lesson. Her look is in reference to Franco's wife and former first lady, Carmen Polo, with all those pearls. The dress is mint. It's very 60s, but it's not very elegant. This is that rare moment where I think the chin strap takes away from the overall look. The story here is the back with the jewels saying Franco is dead in Spanish. The look is fine, but I expected so much more out of Venedita here. Uh, this look gives me Lady Gaga in Mary Denied fused with Judas, but not in the best execution possible. Um, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm giving it a trash bin. I, I think I'll trash bin it too. Uh, I appreciate the history lesson. Again, uh, not shying away from uh, political talk, uh, which is great. And again, it educates me. I didn't know about this. Uh, and I mean, I will admit, I still don't know much about it. Uh, but what I know is that I don't like this look. Yep. The audience, 36% vintage, 64% trash bin. Next up, Diamante Mary Brown, look by David Moss, hair by Vania Vania. She is highlighting Gaudi in the 20th century. Fine, I'll give you that. If she simply wore the rose dress with the stunning purple hair and the mask, I would have said, fine, it's a very safe toot. The fact that she ruined it by adding that Abraham Levy-inspired metallic piece just proves that Diamante's taste level in the runway is severely lacking. Hmm. Mm. You want to talk about two looks in one? This is very two looks in one. So um, I love this look i don't like how it was styled if i was going to wear a mask i would have made sure that the mask would match the um uh uh materials from this uh over the dress bustier with an arm thingy which is really cool i enjoy the contrast of both um, again, like I would have made sure that the mask would match. If I didn't get a matching mask, I would have not wore the mask, and I would have maybe had nails that would like that would tie in this middle piece somehow. This middle piece feels disjointed because there is nothing else tied it in, and I think it needed like maybe the shoes uh, are the same material or something to make it look like it's more deliberate. But I love the dress with the piece. The I dress is gorgeous. Love it. Like, if, yeah. if the piece was red, then it would be a complete look. It would live in the same family. But yeah. it doesn't. I agree. It doesn't. Yes. Now, Anna says there was a part that she loved, which was the cords with the ruffle sleeve, but the rest of the dress, of the dress she didn't take her to Catalonia. Um, I think because her styling is so off, I have to give it a trash bin. Yeah, and also the mask, the white in the mask is not the same white of the dress. Uh. Yeah. I yeah, I am conflicted because I don't want to trash bin it, but I will have to trash bin it because of the styling. 
The audience, 28% vintage, 72% trash bin. Next up, Drag Set Last Look by Pache. More on the theme of communication. It's the internet. Bitch, that hair, I am obsessed. She has hair that is crafted with wires in brown and red, and it looks fucking incredible. The shoulder piece comprised of technology is so cool. Her makeup is utilizing every color she's incorporated on this look. I think this was a brilliant take on the 20th century and one that I would not have predicted she would have done. Bravo. Uh, this was really cool. Her makeup reminded me of Cheryl Cole a little bit. Uh, I really like it. It's a little literal, but it's fine. Uh, yeah, I think this is a good look. It's kind of like a question mark, which is kind of funny. Uh, the neck piece and the hair. I hadn't even noticed the hair until you just mentioned it right now. Uh, oh, cool. That's pretty cool. And it is the same texture as the neck piece, which is the same texture as the arm cuffs, which is the same texture. Yeah. So again, Diamante, take notes. Like things match. Great. This oh. is great. I will vintage it. Anna says the binary system made her feel like everything around her was a zero and she was the one. It's the vintage for me and the audience agrees. 71% vintage, 29% trash bin. Next up, we have Marina Look by Javier Navas Catalan, hair by Ruben Marmol. She's continuing her theme of the earth and this time on how we're destroying it with plastic. And again, she is a bride. I love this idea that she's turned a wedding dress in using plastic bags. I wish it fit more because she had quite a few nip slips, but I really liked how she was how this was constructed. It was a very strong silhouette for a wedding get dress. Nope, 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 and oh, nope. No, 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 no. It's a no. It's a no for me. I agree. It didn't. I didn't. I didn't like how it didn't really fit. It was going down and she didn't really care about it dropping. It could be commentary, you know. On how she was wearing the dress. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like it. This is not a good look. What did the audience think of this look? Well, Ambrosi says she delivers memorable moments like the plastic and the plastic veil with all the flares she added and the minor details. Anna says she would have liked it if there was more pump, pomp and circumstance. I'll give it a vintage. And the audience, they went with me. 78% vintage, 22% trash bin. Yeah, no, 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 but okay, I'll respect it. There's nothing on, like, like, I understand having, like, bare chest, bare shoulders, bare arms, but there is not a hint of body shimmer, there's not a hint of anything, anything, yeah, no, it's not a good look, in my opinion. Moving on. All right, no designers listed. She is taking on the 20th century by giving us fashion via a Swedish baby doll coming to Spain to have a good time. So much so that the editors had another blur out moment because she was showing Bush. Very provocative and even more so when she shares that she used to watch erotic movies with her grandmother. Not sure how to take that one, but this was a very simple approach to the theme with a reveal that may or may not have been um, more desired for some. Um, what did you think about Jardigi's second look? Uh, it had uh, an element of comedy. It's well put together. It's simple yet effective. We're getting Drag Race Sweden, right? Maybe she's hosting that one. Uh, 
<laughs> Not me. I really wanted that one. That's the one I wanted so I can have my blind twang speed of pit crew. It's fine. <laughs> oh my god, the Nordic pit crew is gonna be great. Um but oh, I can't wait. Oh my god, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm salivating. Uh I can't wait either. That's gonna be interesting to watch. Um, this is okay. It's uh effective and it's cute, and I'll vintage it. What did the Hollowell like the Germanic 60s with the hairy pussy. He says she conveys joy and magic through the attitude she has on stage. Supreme calls reveal a welcome mat. I'll give it a vintage. And the audience, they were right in the middle. 50% vintage, 50% trash bin. I enjoyed the makeup. One thing Juriji knows how to do is makeup. And Juriji has really three distinct makeup looks. And I... I really enjoyed the uh, the way how uh, she left her eyes open with the twiggy eyebrows. Very, very cute. All right, final category. Category is 30th century. And in honor of this runway, we are going to play The Future Has Arrived or The Future Is Dead. First up, Sharon. She made that. It's pretty good. Her concept is the idea of gold as a source of wealth. So she's used gold elements to sell her story. I think the silhouette of the dress she crafted was unique and very flattering for her body. This is where layers help to find the shape. Yep. I wish, I wish she would have painted the gold further down on her body, but that's just me being nitpicky here. Um, I enjoy this look a lot. I do not believe that Sharon has not constructed a lot of things before because that right. gold piece was, was such a standout. Um, a, a great strategy whenever you are dealing with an unconventional material is to start tight on the waist and then go out up and go out down. Create that shape. She understood it. She did it. Uh, I don't care for the gold cans. I didn't even remember that she had them. Um, I think the future, what is it? The future is dead and the future is now. The future has arrived. Oh, the future has arrived with this look, honey. I agree. And the audience says too. 89% the future has arrived. 11% the future is dead. Mm. Estrella extravaganza. Lady Gaga called. She said you destroyed Chromatica. This was a mess. I know this is a hard challenge, but Estrella really wanted to be included in the worst looks of the year list. The pants do not fit. The bra thing is terrible. I mean, even the purple hair was not even styled. Um, why? Why does she have pig fingers? I don't get it. It's beyond me. This was a mess. Uh, yes, this, uh, funny how they made the reference to Jiggly with the baked potato. This is really baked potato from the future. And I am going to pass. I think the future is dead with this look. Prima's going to ask what happened with the material she had yesterday, and she says she couldn't figure out the breast antenna, so she gave it to the Amante. As the piece began to break, she had to change it up. Teresa says she looked like she was having fun, and her personality really shines. She does say that all three looks fell a little short. The future is dead. It is dead. It is dead on arrival. The audience, 11% the future has arrived. 89% the future is dead. Next up, Venedita Von Dash. She's going for a concept of not having raw materials design with, which meant she used some terribly muted and ugly colors. The way the plastics sit on her look like they're just literally placed with no cause. The only thing I like about this is the headpiece. The rest should be placed back in the trash. 
I don't understand this look. Um, maybe it's because it's not for me to understand it. Maybe it's because it sucks. Yeah, I did not like this at all. Anna says that she created a bustle using the mesh that Dovima Normie didn't know how to use, and but she knew how to use it. She calls it ready to wear. And I'm like, okay, maybe we have two different eyes. It's the future is dead for me. Um, again, another person that did not really explain the look um, in a way that would sell it to the audience. I feel like if she had come with this idea that in the future, we don't have plants. So we emulate plants with our recycled materials in a way to not forget the beauty that once existed. I would have eaten it up, you know, but again, these people are not storytellers. Maybe that's why Estrella and Sharon are the ones <laughs> getting all the good confessionals. Yeah. It's not a good look. I will say that the future is dead. Audience, 64% the future has arrived. 36% the future is dead. They liked it a little more than we did. Um, but then there's also the Amante Merigran. This is not as terrible as I thought it would be. It's very robotic and futuristic, but the antenna not being transformed really made the rest of it look cheap. I like the post-apocalyptic vibe she's serving. She's not wearing panties, so when the dress rides up, it's all Barbie crotch. I think the problem here is that while she made a little black dress, that's simply what it was. There's nothing exciting or engaging. It all feels a little meh. Oh, yes. She made a dress and then styled it poorly. Um, again, I don't understand why put something on your face that or, or on your head as a headpiece that isn't uh, converted. There is no yeah. production. Oh, hi, baby. My cat is like, where's my food? Yeah. <laughs> Um, I had to shut off the little water fountain because otherwise it would have been like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Anyways, um, there is no production it's literally just a colander that's stuck to her head this is again not a good look I am aware how I would not be good at this challenge so who am I to talk but here I am talking saying that this just makes me feel that the future is dead I agree the future is dead the audience they agree too 19% the future is dead. It has arrived. 81% the future is dead. Next up, drag set loss. This was perfect. This is how you work with cardboard in a brilliant way. How she was able to spray paint all that silver and mint was extraordinary. Sure, the elements made make look simple to craft, but it's done with precision. And it's the hair. She made a fucking mohawk. It was exceptional. This might be one of the best, if not the best, unconventional material designs in franchise history. I would put it next to the Vina de Campos um, uh, bin bag look. That was a really good look. This is such a good look. I was got just by the hair. Yeah. And then, like, just start with that. Just that headpiece is beyond. And uh, she understands her angles. And uh, she understands how the eye is going to move. This gives me Illuminati vibes. And uh, I am hooked. I think the future has arrived with this look. Alvo says, it's amazing how she told a story with all three looks and how she connected them. Shariza says the impressive part is even though she created two looks at home, her favorite look is the one she made in the workroom. This is when creativity matters and she's bursting with creativity. The future has arrived because 100% of the audience liked it. Good. Good. 
as she deserves, honestly. Yep. And now for something a little more confusing, Marina, what is happening? She said she had taste and this is what she's wearing. She's trying to go with the anti-bride here using black, but the cut of the dress is anything but flattering. The shoulder piece is smart, but the dress just does not fit her whatsoever. The back is complicated in the sense that it doesn't look finished. Why? What is happening? Um, nope, 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 nope. To me, she was my bottom look. Uh, in general, um, when I see all three looks, I am not happy with any of them. I was really hoping this uh, would have landed her in a bottom. Hmm. Yeah, no. And I think it's her... I, and I understand that this is very likely not who she is as a person, but the way that she comes across to me on the show, it feels like she is above everybody else. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think she brings it enough for me to allow that. I think that yeah. like, I think the quintessential person who is able to get away with, being like this is Violet Chachki because it's Violet Chachki. Sure. Um, and I just don't think that what she brings measures up to the attitude that she is being portrayed with. I don't like this look. Um, I I found it funny, the gag, the fuck off. Yeah, haha. Uh, so I like that that was that element of uh, funny in the look. In general, no, the future is dead. Ambrose says he has a problem with the last look as it didn't reach the same standards as the others. He says she doesn't understand. He doesn't really understand it. Anna says this look doesn't live up to the standards of those of her competitors. Um, the future is dead for me. And the audience agrees. 17% the future has arrived. 83% the future is dead. And finally, we have Jorigi de Klee. I like this whimsical take on the robot as it also has shades of early Hollywood's concept of robots in the future. I love that she has these green boots with the green and pink gun that she created. The dress fits her very well. It's very simple, but I think she executed it well. Uh, I think this is a great execution for something that she did in the workroom. Um, yeah. I think that, again, I don't like the way that she sold it on the confessional. This to me reads, did she say it was, it was like retro futuristic, right? Did she Think say so. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. So so maybe I just don't remember what she said because I would have sold it that way. To me, this reminds me of like Mars Attacks type yeah. of uh, alien drag. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this creation and I commend her for making something in the workroom that looks like this, uh, this wouldn't be a good look had she brought it from home, but she made this. So props to you, Mama. The future has arrived for me. Uh, sure, we can say it's arrived for me too. The audience is kind of your sentiment. 54% the future has arrived, 46% the future is dead. Um, isn't it sucky that Onyx didn't get to be here for this challenge? Are you kidding me? What a miss? <laughs> They did that on purpose. They did that on purpose. Um, well, as we said earlier, for the first time this season, Sharon is called safe, leaving the rest of the cast at the tops and bottoms. 
it was so funny when Sharon was on her own, possibly for about an hour, just trying to sit oh, down. Um, yeah, uh, she was very safe and bored and literally was just talking to herself. But the tops and bottoms arrive back. Setless thinks that she's in the top and Venedita is glad that Sharon is finally not. Estrella will reveal that Teresa was the only one who spoke to her while the rest essentially said, forget about you. And I was like, really? I mean, usually like we see the editing, but according to Estrella, they did not talk to her. They didn't give her any critiques. Hmm. Very interesting. Very interesting. Estrella knows that she will be lip syncing, but she's not sure if it's going to be against Marina or the Amante, but the Amante thinks it's going to be her as her last look fell short and they didn't love her first two. She thinks she was serving fashion and drag, but it wasn't what they wanted. She believes she knew how to use the materials in the third look and portray a concept. Marina will be in the bottom for the first time, and she's doing better than she thought. She isn't depressed or want to cry. She is ready to live with sync if she has to, but she believes everything is just a matter of taste. Jerry, though, is very happy. She was feeling she was self-sabotaging with her look, but it all worked out. And for the first time in Drag Race Espanya history, we have a guest judge join the backstage. It's Cheriza May. I was like, what's hey. do? do we know who she might have known prior to arriving on set? I don't know. Someone Ooh. find out for me. Tell me who she knew. Now, obviously, if you know the music video for My Pussy is Like a Peach, she does feature one cast member from season two. But that's Ariel Wreck. So she's already gone by this point. Yeah. I wonder if she was surprised to not see Ariel Wreck. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. Well, Teresa is so glad to be there with her Spanish sisters. And she asks them how they are feeling. And Marina says it's an emotional roller coaster every day for them. She tells them that they're all doing well, but to not get cocky because it's all over before they know it. But once they're in the real world, everyone is going to love them. She's going to point out to Estrella specifically that she has charisma. She may not have polished, but she's a star and her personality shines through. I found that very interesting that she wanted to point out Teresa here. I um, that's I feel like this is the moment in which I felt that the edit was pointing more for uh, Estrella staying regardless of who she was lip syncing against. Yeah. I think uh, that we still have a lot to see from her based on the way that she was edited at the end of the episode. Um, I just thought it was so sweet for Teresa to go back and talk to them. I would have done the same yeah. thing. Teresa is having a bit of deja vu and a bit traumatized to be there, but it's a wonderful opportunity. Sharon tells her that she was a trailblazer as she was the first to go on a version outside of Spain and represent all of Spain. And Jorigi likes Teresa because her accent is foreign like hers. And I'm like, I don't hear it. My ears can't clock it, but good for you, Jerry. I can't clock it either. To me, they all sound like they have accents. So, <laughs> All right. Well, the Queen's return and it's time for the results. Drag set. Let's get her first win this season. Jorigi, Venedita, and Marina are safe, leaving Estrella and the Amante as the bottom two. Do you agree? No, I think the bottom two should have been Estrella and Marina. I'm kind of okay with Diamante over Marina because I personally like um, Marina's first two looks over uh, Diamante's because that second look was just horrid with that 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 extra piece. Um, so I'm okay with this. But um, if it was Marina, I would have been fine also. Now the song is Cisnos Rompio el Amor by Rocio Curando. Are you familiar with this song? 
I am not familiar with the song, but I am familiar uh, with Rocio Jurado and how iconic. And this is this is the perfect song to do a park and bark. This song requires you to leave everything on that one spot on stage. Um, and I, I wasn't really sold on either one of them performances. Well, after a nice week of keeping drag on during lip sync, we're back to de-dragging during lip syncs. Mm-hmm. It, we, we tried so hard. It is the power ballad and required all of the emotion on stage. I think Diamante did a very good job at bringing emotion, but like last week, if it's a close call, it's going to come down to track record, and Estrella just has the superior track record. Um, I will say that I was impressed with the dramatic performance from Estrella, and now I want to see her do a campy lip sync. Um, but yeah, this th- there was no question. Like Estrella could have probably bombed and still would have stayed just because she's she's really a standout this season. She really is a standout, and I I just hoped that yeah i think this is this is the song in which a cleaner lip sync would have been the superior lip sync from either one of them this is not the song this reminds me of uh the season four lip sync between uh latrice royale and little kenya michaels to you make me feel like a natural woman in which all latrice did was stand there and rub her fake belly she was pregnant and lip sync and yep. that's what i hoped and we didn't get it no well in the end Estrella gets to play another day as diamante has to leave the competition i got some burning questions to wrap up this podcast are you ready yes ask away baby all right what is diamante's legacy oh i think diamante was a great first contestant from uh, Republica Dominicana. Um, I think that we have to see more of Diamante. And um, yeah, I really wish she had stayed. I really wish. Yeah. Next week, we have an ad challenge where the queens are going to have to sell Spain to the rest of the world. Um, I'm ready to go to Spain, so sell me, bitches. But who are you worried about? I am worried about, oh, well, I don't know if I'm worried about any of them. I feel like uh, because of the storytelling, the next person to go will have to be Marina. And I feel like I can put some money on it. Um, I don't see Marina staying uh, for longer than an episode or two. Yeah, I, I feel like if it is an uh, acting challenge of sorts, we're going to see Marina possibly wheeling in the bottom. And I could see Jurigi, depending on how she sells it. Um, I'm, I'm worried that it could be the two of them lip syncing. Because again, if they're going for acting, you know um, Sharon's going to do well. You know is going to do well. Venedita is going to do well. And Setlas is the dark horse here. She, she, she can do well um, if she's in a good group. So I think it, you're going to have just the two of them uh, bombing if it's depending on what the ad is going to be calling for. I know. Um, that's my and prediction. What if it's a double elimination? <gasps> ah, no, we have too many more episodes to go before that. Yeah, true. Um, all right. After six episodes, the winner of the season is... Ooh, ooh. I... I think I think it may be Estrella. I think that 
Well, it could be Estrella. I feel it could also be Venedita. I think that Venedita really needs to step into high gear to have a very similar storyline uh, than other winners in which like she's been doing good at the beginning and then she gets wins later. I mean, Sharon has to win. So does that make Sharon the front runner? See, that's, I, my two people are Sharon and Estrella. I think track record-wise, wise, Estrella is a little behind Sharon. But if you're going on the edit, we got a little backstory here from Estrella. We haven't gotten that from Sharon yet. Uh, so we haven't had the 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 admiration for her character quite yet. We haven't fallen for her. We appreciate her, but we haven't fallen for her the way that we've been able to fall for Estrella, where she is not very polished, but you adore her for who she is. The yeah. personality is shining through. Um, I'm going to say, like, today, I'm going to give it to Estrella. Tomorrow, I might change my mind, but I think those two are going to be your top two at the moment. Yeah, I think so, too. And I think that either of them would make a good winner. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Cluck, cluck, cluck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, all of my uh, socials is at DragQueenJP. And uh, wow, my cat has the zoomies. And you can (laughs) find me at DragQueenJP everywhere. And if you are in the Boston area, I have a really amazing brunch coming up. It's Yas Brunch at Yas Chicken. Uh, May 15th, and tickets are available on sale today. And you should also check uh, my new merch, my J Pieces shirt, all of it you can find on my link on my bio and my Instagram. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here again. Thank you for having me again. This this is a really enjoyable moment that we spend talking about one of our favorite topics in the entire world. So thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. A huge thanks to Just JP for chatting. Subscribe in your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymecoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at keepingthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Block Talk.